My God. Maranatha. <laughs> he is coming back, y'all. So we need to prepare ourselves. We are the bride. We need to prepare ourselves. Y'all may be seated in heavenly places again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Woo, good to be free, huh? Yes. Amen. All right. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> y'all good? Y'all good? All right. Uh, we are a teaching ministry. So you, you're apt to learn them. Why are we a teaching ministry? Jesus said, go and make disciples. Or they're going to have to have something in them to make. Amen? Mm. Man, you can play that the rest of the day. I love that. How everybody doing? All right. Like I'm good. I'm good. Good to be free. Amen? Man. Okay, you've been incarcerated. You know, I was incarcerated for 38 years when I got saved. Until I got saved, I was incarcerated. I was incarcerated in my mind. Okay. But when the good news came, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring the gospel. Right there. Go ahead. Show them feet. Yeah. Shod with the preparation of the gospel. It was good. Man, I tell you. I always often said, you know, when I, I grew up in the occult and everything, you know, I didn't, you didn't have a place to put your sin. So you just carry it. That's why I can't understand the Christian. Why y'all carrying all this? See, when I came out and came into this, I was like, oh, it's freedom. See, this is what happens a lot of times when we grow up in church. Okay, maybe I'll just go on this side. My little friendly over here, I got John back me up. So. When you grow up in church, you know, you just see it as, and that's so wrong to ascribe, you know, some kind of derogatory meaning to the church. So we need to come out of that talking about the church and the church people. See what mindset it put us in? It starts dividing and separating what God has called kadosh. Called out ones. See how we just diminish the meaning of things. So we have to stop saying them church people. Yeah, this is the wrong attitude and the mindset. See how we do it? Yeah, it's just like Christmas. Uh oh. We worship in Christmas. Find out the origin of the word and find out was it in the first century? Before you ascribe it to God. Hello? I have to say this because the church and the people are full of paganism. But you just don't know it. You think it's just a way of life. All right. I feel like Paul right now, behold, I'm going to show you a mystery. <laughs> Can I? 
Okay, as y'all know, we're in the last day, day eight of Hanukkah. I got to do a little catch up on y'all and know about Hanukkah. Man, we're in the last day. And y'all going to give me a, just a little bit? Because I'm going to do the teaching now. So tonight will be the celebration. So come on back. We're going to end it right. Don't come at seven and then don't complete it. Amen. Hey, I'm expecting great things. Y'all already saw God moving here today. Isn't it peculiar? Since we're peculiar people, the Bible says that he would have this type of movement in this ministry at this time. When we're talking about the eighth day, the new beginning. See, it's prophetic. we have right here this is somebody who is this right here you knew she's still doing her communion cracker all right good. <laughs> they were good that well, I'm telling that gluten-free woman is I'm sorry go ahead what's your name oh Tashana that's it right there all right well welcome welcome is this first time communion too a communion and, oh she getting the, the devil one communion and Hanukkah teacher Woo! So, take this as a new beginning. Because that's what eight is. My goodness. And you can have a new beginning too. That's the beautiful, beautiful thing about Christ. I could have sinned last night, but today, his mercies are new. I can have a new beginning right now. If I get this mind right. If I can get this mind right, I need everybody attention and listening. Amen? Amen. Don't look at the little man behind you in your chair. Look up. Okay. You know, we got that little man being a purse. What you doing? I'm sorry. Come on, y'all. <laughs> don't stay. Don't get distracted. All right? All right. Follow me. Follow me. All right. Cameron's saying he's serious now. Okay. He got the serious face on me. Come on, Pastor. I came for the word today. I got something for you, though. Watch this. So we were talking about Hanukkah, right? It is the Feast of Dedication. Go to John 10, 22, so we can see it. So we're just not making up that Jesus is just hanging out. Amen. Amen. Now, I got to do a super condensed because it is a, a whole lot. <laughs> you got it? John chapter 10 and verse 22. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. All right, there we go. Hanukkah means to dedicate, dedication. It doesn't mean it's the Jewish people. Feast. Okay. Y'all got it? All right. I don't think so. All right. In Leviticus 23, it tells you, and then you go there. We don't have time tonight because I'm going to cut some time. It says, and it reads, these are the feasts of the Lord. So they're not Jewish people feasts. They're God's feasts. And what God does, he does forever. No, he only do it for two weeks. He only do it for what you want. He does it forever. What he does, I'm the same yesterday Today and tomorrow. So I don't change. 
I don't change if I fulfilled the first three feasts and yet to fill the next one, the tall ones. I haven't changed yet. Okay? So we have to establish that, that God does not change. You do. The Bible even says that the enemy seeks to change the times, the calendars. This is what he does. If Jesus wanted to know, if he wanted you to know his birthday, he would have told you it was the 25th. He didn't tell you it was the 25th. He told you the dates of his feasts, his moets, his moadims, his appointed times. I'm going to show you on the third month or the 15th of that month. He tells you exactly what he wants. So don't make up anything. I'm going to show you all what happened here in a minute. So I know you might have heard that last night, but it sounded even better today. You never quite get the word because it's, it's by revelation. It's revealed. And there's the depths of God. You, you can't say, oh, I understand that scripture. First of all, I, even our understanding of scripture is in a Western mindset. It's not even in a first century Jew how they thought about the word. When you read it, you read it like this. And I'm going to show y'all how we mess up. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Let me make sure we got this right. So Hanukkah. So y'all see that he was there. Jesus was there. He wasn't there celebrating. Yay. He was there being revealed. This is who I am. I was prophesied by Ezekiel, Daniel. This is me. I'll show you in your history books. This was about me. All right. Okay. My goodness. So this story of the Maccabees. Maccabees means the hammer. Okay. So this story of the Maccabees in Hanukkah, I'm just, you know, if you won't hear it, you, you got to go in and get all the tapings, all the videos are on YouTube. You can cut all every night. It's right there so you can get up to speed. I don't have a lot of time for that tonight, so I'm just got to hit a few points. Amen? Amen. All right. So the, the Maccabees, this was uh, Judah Maccabee, um, or Mattathias was his the father, and he had five sons. And what was going on is... Let's see. This happened uh, about 170 years before the birth of Christ, the story of the Maccabees. This is a story between Malachi and Matthew. It, a whole lot was going on. Nothing has stopped. Amen. So if we had had the first and second Maccabees, like in the original 1611 edition of the King James Version, it would have been there. So we wouldn't have missed anything. And then all the pastors have been teaching on nothing was happening. God won't speak in it at time. They couldn't say it. Because if it was in there like it was supposed to be, he would have said a whole lot. Yeah. Amen? Amen? See, you have to understand something about faith. Faith, it has to be, faith is like that. Faith works two part. Faith has, it's like prophecy. It's for now and afar off. Because when we don't live by faith, we nullify them ones that died in faith, not seeing the promise that you have. They didn't have Holy Spirit come in and live inside of them. They didn't have the light of the world, the menorah inside of them. You do. So now when you don't live by faith, you nullify what they died for. Hello. All right. Okay. 
So the Maccabees, the hammer. <laughs> Judah Maccabee. He was a tactical genius. On the battlefield, the Maccabees armies, listen, they were ridiculously always outnumbered. They fought, you got these little farmers fighting against the Greek empire. And all they had was a few things and some faith. This, this is a type and shadow of showing you, you don't need money to be successful. To win your battle over whatever it is. What you need is trust in God. He is your supplier. Okay, I'm going to show you all something here. But they kept winning victory after victory. Listen, and their faith grew. And the more victories they won, their faith became unshakable, like yours is supposed to do. It said that, it said that Abraham, not, listen, when he, God told him that he was going to have a child, and it took 25 years before that son was born. So he had to go into his wife all those times for 25 years, hoping, believing God. And it said that his faith grew stronger, not diminished. You get a prophecy in three days, it don't show up. You're like, that's it. He's a lying prophet. No, you prophesy in part. And the Bible says, according to your faith. All right. No, you, you prophesy to the measure of faith that you have. Listen to this. So be it under you. Amen. So. What they did encapsulated this right here. They went in, you know, the. Uh, Greeks came in and tried to Hellenize uh, the Jewish people, that whole community. And from the reading last night, y'all saw how many people lost their lives, uh, you know, in a day. Like 80,000 people in a day. Um, that's just a small victory, you know. Um, that was just a small battle, I would say, in the span of the 20-year battle that it was. That's a long time. I mean, we get upset, we get upset with God, and something happened, we leave. Okay, all right, here we go, here we go. All right. <laughs> so, they eventually captured Jerusalem, and they rededicated the temple. That's what you're doing, too. That's what was happening back there. They don't, they don't see it, teacher. They don't see it. I'm going to need some more people to recapture their temple. See, there's only one story. I'm going to need you to recapture your temple. Because this is the same story that the temple, what they did was they set up a altar in the temple. Remember, who's the temple today? You're the temple today. So what the Antichrist or Antiochus opinion does, he comes in and sets up a temple in the temple of God. And you know what? They put a, a statue of, of Zeus. But this is how arrogant he was. He knocked Zeus' face off and put his face there. And Pythonis, that, that means God manifested. Oh, my God. So 
This whole story is about you. It's about sanctifying your temple. Rededicating because the armies came in. The enemy came in and took over and tried to get them to assimilate. Give up their belief. Hello, give up your belief. See, if you come here and you don't feel any conviction, now God has left you. But if you come in and hear the word of God and there's conviction, that means God's still with you. If you're still convicted of your sin, that means God is still with you. But if you don't feel convicted of sin, God is not with you now. Because the Holy Spirit brings conviction. See, this is how you can find out if your conscience is seared. Oh, you know how you got a boat in a strip. You can't strip it. You can't get it back on. It won't work. You got the boat and you got the nut, but it won't work. See, that's what happened. People come to church. There's no conviction that I'm sinning, that I'm, I have turned from God, that I treat you wrong. There's no conviction. That means that you're right in your eyes. Okay. Man, see how it is? I'm just telling you, we, this is what he's doing with the body of Christ. It's no different. I mean, can I just, which one you want, natural or you want spiritual? Which one? Okay, I go natural, but it's spiritual. It's the same thing with the Christmas tree in the churches or in your home. See, look how you ascribe, look how the church have ascribed Jesus to a pagan object. And saying, this is how I'm going to represent my commitment or whatever to God. See, you ascribe those things. It's not the origin of it. I told you, you can trace the star, David, where it originated from. And when you know where it originated from, it's not God. And if you, but people ascribe what it is. The swastika, I told you that. It's not, listen, go to India. And look on the mosaic on the floor, and you'll see the swastika. It's not the Aryan nation. But they ascribe that to them. That's not the meaning of it. That's not the origin of it. So the Christmas tree is not the origin of Christ. But y'all fear people more than you fear God. All right. I got to show y'all some stuff here, man. So. Here we go. Stop ascribing stuff to God that he did not ordain. I'm going to show you what happens. But watch this out. Check this out about the Maccabees. All right? So, y'all need some more on the temple? Defilement of your temple? Okay. <laughs> well, let's clean it up then. But you need some light to clean it up. That's what the menorah was about. It was about the light in the temple. The only place that was lit in the, in the synagogue or the temple then uh, would have been, it was the menorah. That was the light. That was Jesus. That's the same light now that's in you. you. You got the kingdom. You go to your job. It's dark. Guess what? The light just came in. All right. Okay, here we go. But you don't see it like this is spiritual. Y'all stop being so carnal. All right. I told y'all it took about 20 years for them to actually kick the Greeks out of Israel. So this country, this country has 
in some conditions or some cases the, in the early history, at some level, it was just like the Maccabees, this country. Listen, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, George Washington, yeah, he was a man of God, but he was amazing too. So, okay, y'all want to go? I can go with all of them were. There's a whole lot of things that went on in this country or the establishment of this country that you live in. Truth be told. All right. So check this out. Judas Maccabee is such esteemed. If you go to West Point, been to West Point? West Point, military. West Point. You will find a bus of Judah Maccabee at West Point. Mm-hmm. You'll go to West Point, you'll see, a, you'll see a bus of Judas Maccabee. Yeah, you been to West Point? Anybody been to West Point? Been to West Point? Not yet. You will, though. Uh. <laughs> it's military. It's where they do all the training, right? So you'll find, a, you'll find a bus of Judas Maccabee there. He's displayed there. Listen, um, he was that influential in, as a commander and a warrior that this country would put up. A bus of Judah Maccabee, the hammer. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. A former Israeli ambassador, an inspector, uh, an expert on American and Israel relationship, pointed out that the Maccabees' battle cry was this Whoever trusts God, join me. This is an ambassador with relationship with Israel and America. Mr. Edinger, he said, their battle cry, he's, he's Israeli too, their battle cry was trust God and join me. Sounds a lot alike, in God we trust. Mr. Edinger, he says that Ben Franklin, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson were inspired by the Maccabees. See, this other history y'all just don't know. Listen. Then they pose this, this, this right here on the American seal. Rebellion to tyrants is disobedient to God. So if you read the story of the Maccabees, you're going to see exactly where they pulled this from. That's on the seal of America. Y'all ain't ready. I love history. That's what the Bible is. <laughs> it's his story. Yes, his story. Ah. Paul Revere was renowned as a modern-day Maccabee. You know, we got the modern-day Maccabees here, too. <laughs> okay, we're we going there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to where we got to go, all right? But this is, you need to have this about this day and what this is really all about. Give you a little history of how, you know, you, most people never would have known who that was, that bus at West Point. But they really, he was such influence to the, even the founding fathers of this nation. That it's a story, but you can't prove it, though. It's a story, but you can't prove it. It's, it's a story that goes around that there was a Jewish guy in the camp with George Washington. And he told him the story of the Maccabees. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
Can I go someplace with y'all? I'm going to end that right now, but I want to go. I want to clear up something. I want to help y'all with some things, okay? Since we're talking about the festival, right? I'm going to open up something to y'all. Can I show you a mystery? All right, look at that. I love a good mystery. All right. <laughs> but it ain't. It's really been in plain sight the whole time. Go to Exodus. Then we're going to get there to the eighth day. Amen? Amen. Ah, it's going to be cute. All right. Oh, do we? <laughs> oh, do we need to go to Romans 2, 28 and 29 first? Just one more time. We're going to go there one more time? Okay. Let me find out. You know, because we might have some people that hate Jews. Anti-Semites. All right. You know. Mm-hmm. Antiochus Epiphanes wasn't he wasn't a Semite no if they converted if they converted and left their faith and converted to polytheism they'd be alright they could live as they lived see that's the same compromise that the church does you, you can still be a Christian, but, you can, but you're going to have to live as we say live. No. God. Okay, watch this. Here we go. I'm going to build my case. Exodus 32.1. No, no, go to, no, no, you're right. You're fine there. Go ahead. Read that. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Gumping ahead of myself. All right. Go ahead. Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by God's spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. Okay. That's not me talking. That's anybody. Black, white, Chinese, Asian, anything. God does not worry about the color of your skin like you do. What God deals with, what makes a true Jew he says, it's one that heart is right with God. Your heart can't be right with God if it's not right with man. True love is with God and man. See, but you really are blind. Because all you see is this. All you see is militant, but you ascribe greatness and power and kingship, all of that to this. Hello? Hello? And everybody won't walk around Pharaoh. There was Pharaoh, and then there was you. There was not. So don't be talking about all this stuff about you were black, and you, you, you got this ancestry, and you did all this and that. You, mm -mm, mm -mm. No, you won't. See, what happened is it's not good enough. This is how you do it. I have to put myself above another 
I have to make myself puffed up to believe that all knowledge and all it comes from God. All the wisdom, all these people you listen to on the internet, all wisdom comes from God. Now, it's corrupt when it gets to you or to man. The fallen angels, they brought wisdom to men because they wanted to be seen as gods, Zeus, Jupiter, all of them. They all wanted to be seen as gods, Semiramis. Tammuz, Elam want to be seen as God. So all the technology, tech means craft. So all that is, is, is stolen from God. God gave it to the fallen angels and they took it. And they corrupt you with it. Y'all don't really want to know the truth. I'm trying. See, I'm not afraid to look. And I'm not afraid. I, see, once you have established God as your benchmark, that nothing, el anything else, anybody else shows me, tells me, is, listen, it has to line up with the word of God. Anything other than that, it is a, a perversion. The Book of Mormons, a perversion. The Tehran, it's a perversion. The Surah, a perversion. It's a perversion of the truth of the God. It's a twisting. That's what it is. But see, nobody want to understand it. See, this is how you know it's spiritual because it got you. He's an imitator. See, and he know you seek your knowledge. And when you seek knowledge other than God, you'll get it. And listen, knowledge without love is called pride. Satan is really smart. He's really smart, but he has pride because he has no love. Okay. All right. Open up the door here. All right. You got your, you got your, you got your Jewish card now. The green card. Now you got your Jewish card. All right. All right. Just want to let you know. See, the enemy, his job is to deceive you. Sow a seed of complaint in you. David said, I got a seed of complaint, but I'm going to complain to God and him only. Not go and tell somebody. Did you hear what pastor said today? That can't be right. Let me go to the Internet and find out what he said. Yeah, you go ahead. All right. Go to Exodus 32. Y'all come to learn today. Don't get out here without learning something. Show y'all something real quick. Go to Exodus. If I don't, I just need 15 minutes tonight. That's it. But I'm going to try to do it now. Okay. Well, then let me do it then. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. Exodus 32.1. We work together. Still together. All right. <laughs> this is my battle, man. Okay. 32, Exodus 32, 1. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 1. Now watch this. 
When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, they gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So, Moses was their mediator. He was the one that talked to the people, to God. He went from God, he was a mediator, type of Christ, to talk to the people, to instruct the people. Okay? All right, y'all got that? I see, I could go to... Y'all got that. I don't have to go to the scripture. Do y'all need me? Do you need me to go to the scripture? I'll show you. All right. All right. It's First Timothy two five. So you can write it down. Okay. They feared they lost Moses. Correct. Right. And it said this. Let's see if we. Let's see if we can catch this. When the people saw Moses, right? They delayed to come down from the mountain. They gathered themselves what together. To Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods to go before us. See, this is how you got to be careful with translations. So you see that word, that lower G there, gods? In the Hebrew, that's Elohim, which can be plural or singular. Now, they said, We want to make what? Us gods. Don't sound right. There was only one bull. There was only one bull. So something's wrong here. I did have an eyebrow if you can see it. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There was only one bull. The word God in Hebrew, I told you. It's Elohim. So in our English translation, we see gods. The word gods. Elohim, I told you, is plural in the Hebrew and can be singular. Listen, Elohim can refer to false gods or God of one. The one true God. See how the translations get us all mixed up? There was only one bull. And what they learned, they, they learned, where did they learn this from? Why was it a bull? So in their language, pictograph, they drew pictures. And to represent God, they drew a picture of a what? An ox. That's true. And it's an ox and a staff, which means authority. Shepherd, the authority. So were they wrong? They wanted to talk to God. This is the same God they knew that took them from bondage. One. But your translation say God's Lord G. So they can just, now they can just throw everything all off. They were worshiping God. No. What happened is because they came out of Egypt, they noticed that they 
to talk to their gods. They had multiple gods. They had multiple gods. So they won't try to do gods. One God. And the way they identified was the ox. That's why they had the bull. Okay. See, the context determines the correct understanding. And this is what you internet surface miss. It's context of what you're reading or what somebody told you. So when you do that, now you have a pretext. In that context. Yeah, because you can't properly isogesic now. That's right. And that's what I hear the TV talking last night's folks. And, and, and I believe, and I this, and, and this, well, that's your belief. That's conjecture. I need to know what the word of God says. You're at a teaching ministry. This is what we do. Okay? Y'all following? Y'all tracking? So, let's find out here. They identified with pictures. That was their language. They drew. It's like when you write your alphabet. It's Allah Taf, but it's alphabet here. Allah Taf in the Hebrew. Amen? All right. Do this. Now, read two. Right there. Stay right where you're at. 32. Go to two. So Aaron replied, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives, your sons and daughters, and bring them to me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Verse 3. Mm-hmm. So all the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made it a molten calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, mm. which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. All right. Look at that. There you go. That, there's the miss. They were, if you had your Hebrew Bible, it would say Yahweh. Not gods. They knew they were only trying to talk to one God. Because they knew that was the one God that delivered them. See how translation can mess up the whole thing? It was only one calf. So they can't be gods. They would have had multiple calves. Or multiple other entities. But it was one. Oh, y'all ain't seen that before. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Where we at again? Read that again. And he received the gold at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made it a molten calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Okay. All right. So they were using the calf as their mediator. We don't know where Moses is at. We, we, we need to talk to God. Go, go here. Go, go to Hosea 14.8. Hosea chapter 14 at verse 8. Ephraim shall say, Who? (laughs) 
Raise your hand, Ephraim. <laughs> Raise your hand, Ephraim. There you go. Raise it up high. Let them see who it is. See, I told you, you're in the Word. Everybody is. <laughs> and out of Jesse, a rod. I say, when I saw that, I said, ooh, that's me. You, you're in the Bible? Everybody is. Your whole life is. Your circumstance is in there. Nothing exists outside of the Word of God. Nothing exists outside of the word of God. CERN is in the Bible. And they had a key to the bottomless pit and they opened it. See, if you understood what CERN was, that's what they're trying to do. Who had heard of CERN in here? The Hedron Collider. If you've been going here anytime, you'll know. It is the most complex, expensive piece of equipment ever created in humankind. I could go in there, but we won't go there tonight right now. Okay. All right. Go to Hosea 14.8. Read it. Hosea chapter 14 and verse 8. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? I have answered him and will regard and watch over him. I am like a green fir or cypress tree. With me is the fruit found which is to nourish you. I'm like a green tree. It's God talking, Randy. I want to ask you a question. Did he say he was a green tree? Or like? Okay. Y'all got that? I mean, he did create the tree, though, didn't he? Okay. It's what you do with it. All right. Go back to Exodus. 32. You stop at four, go to five. Put a pin where we just left, all right? Exodus 32 at verse five. Here we go. And when Aaron saw the molten calf, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Six. Verse six. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And there was silence in heaven for the span of 30 minutes. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. <sighs> Read five again. And they rose up early. Oh, sorry, verse five. <laughs> and when Aaron saw the molten calf, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen. Listen. And when Aaron saw the molten calf, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamations. He made an announcement that this would be a feast day.
God said, He answered by opening up the earth. The Israelites were trying, listen, they were not trying to make gods to speak, but they wanted to speak to God. They chose a calf because he is Elohim. This is what this is important to understand because this is why they did this. They chose to invert or excuse me, invent a or their own feast, their own holiday. To Yahweh instead of the feast outlined in the book of Leviticus. So this is what happened with Christmas. I hope I did. They chose what they considered. He made a proclamation. I'm going to speak to God and this is what we're going to do. We're going to say we're going to have a feast day. This is how you get your false feast and your false worship. When man decides. To go against the ordinances of God. Do y'all get this? Yes. And the calf was something that they, listen, they likened it to God. Because they knew in Egypt, this is how they talked to God. They needed a mediator. They needed idols to talk to their God. But he said they got ears, they can't hear, eyes, they can't see, mouth, they can't speak. So what they were doing is trying to talk to Yahweh out of the order that God has established. You're trying to set up holidays that God has not established. And you're ascribing me to it. He said, no, you can't. He said, these are my feast days, not Aaron's. You don't make that proclamation. I do. And he made proclamations and they brought offerings. And gifts, it said. Hello. Hello. Know not what we do. This is the problem when it comes to the book. Come to the word of God. Come to our pastors. Come to the shepherds. Come to all these apostles. Come to all these prophets. No one is listening. When you go into the land, do not do as they do. Don't come to me in the way that they come to me. You want to worship me? He said, you must worship me in spirit and in truth. Any other way you try to get in, you're a thief and a robber. See, this is what nobody wants to teach. Nobody wants to really want the truth, but that's what's required for you to get in. Because you're getting older and you are perishing. But go ahead, use your own mind. They chose to worship God their own way instead of God's way. They sincerely thought that they were doing the right thing. They thought it was okay to make up their own holidays. Kwanzaa. Yahweh, listen, they chose to make their own holidays up for Yahweh and worship him how they chose. That's what they did. And I'm going to need y'all, we, we, we can't do that. Oh, teacher. Take my time? No, you 
I'm at my time. Okay. All right. She said, I'm at my time. Did I need 15 minutes tonight? 16. 17. Come on, John. Help me out. 18. 19. Come on. Can I get 20 in the back? Got 20 in the back. Got 20 in the back over there. Come on. I need to get it. Come on. Help me out. (laughs) Oh, what's that? Sold. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. I'm sorry, y'all, man. I'm sorry, man. I just I gotta have some fun, man. This has been a rough week. Oh man. All right. <laughs> y'all want me to stop right there? Cause I can keep going. Oh. Somebody said another scripture? No. Oh. Man, don't <laughs> got this thing locked and loaded. Can I do one scripture? Jesus, can I do one scripture? But I got 20 tonight. I got 20. Hello? It's grace. Give me grace now. Give me grace. I need 20. Give me 20. Give me 20. No beginnings. I got to do the eight. Thank God for the grafted word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is worthy. I just wanted to thank everyone for coming out today. <laughs> it has been a great transformation, and God truly has manifested himself. So um, I want us to definitely, as we um, prepare to leave, to really ask God to really show himself strong in our lives because you need him more than you think in or are aware of, all right? Uh, Because a lot of times we can revert back into the old state of mind, a way of thinking and doing things. All it takes is a situation, a circumstance, a word, a thought. And it takes you back where the place that you dread when you were there, that you never wanted to return. But somehow a thought, a feeling, a circumstance, a person, an incident would take you back to the place that you dread the most. So, uh, ministers, come on up front.